0: Good morning, glad you're here. Now for you uh, Star Wars fans, we just have a moment of silence because that is our last epic crawl that we're going to have. So anybody going to be crying? A few of you, yes, yes, our tech team back there, they were pretty sad about this, At the last day, that's our last of the epic crawl. As we wrap up our series that we've started, the epic story, or maybe a better way to say that is maybe the epic story is just beginning for most of us. Uh, You should grab a Bible around you. If you didn't bring a Bible with you, you you should find one of those. And we always encourage you to bring your Bible. If you've got one at home that you like to use, if you don't have one, we encourage you to take one of ours as our free gift to you and uh, use it on a regular basis. Bring it anywhere that the Bible is being taught and you'll be amazed at what you'll learn over a short period of time. Today, I want you to turn to page 911. And we're going to be looking just for a moment at First Timothy chapter 4, verse 12, and we're going to do that later in the service, but I want you to go ahead and put your finger in that spot and we'll get back to that in just a little bit. Now as always, all the, the verses that I'll be using today will be online at our website. You can go to our website and go under the resources tab and you can dig in a little deeper into the study that we're going to be doing today. Now I would like to open us up in a word of prayer and we will continue the epic story. Let's pray together. God, I thank you so much that you are the original storyteller, Lord, the author of the story that we live in. And so, Lord, as we've been learning over the past few weeks about this incredible story that you have been telling before time began, Lord, you invite us into this story, You invite us to find our role and our place in this story and to live it out fearlessly and courageously every day because, Lord, none of us know when that last day of our story will be. But, Lord, every day, your story unfolds around us, and we have a part to play. So, Lord, we're here this morning with our hearts opened. Teach us your truth, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, over the past, uh, I guess it's about six weeks now, we are a six-week-old church, believe it or not, and uh, we're like a six-week-old baby. Isn't that incredible? You know, I mean, uh, it keeps me up a lot at night thinking about you, and uh, it's just been a wild ride that we've been on over the past six weeks. And um, So over the past six weeks, we've we've been working our way through this incredible story that God has been telling since before time began, that when you were born, you were born inside a story. You were born inside this story that has been unfolding, and a story that you have a place to fit in. You have a role to play in this story. and It's an incredible story of adventure and risk and sacrifice and mystery, and there's these incredible battles between courageous heroes and hideous villains, and we've walked through some of that. In the second week of our journey together, we met the main character of the story. We met God himself. Now, let me test your memory again. God is the only one in the story that always does what is good, right, and perfect. If you will hold on to that truth nugget, it will help you as you navigate your life. If you always remember, God is the only one in the story that always does what is good, right, and perfect. We found that God exists as three in one. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit coexist together as God. Now, again, we don't fully understand that. We don't fully grasp that, and yet it is true. We understood that God is a very caring God, a very personal God, that he placed his hands on us formed us, and then breathed the breath of life in us. We are made unique out of all creation. No other creation carries the image of God, but we do. Then we learned about evil and how evil entered our story and worked its way through this rebellious character by the name of Lucifer. Incredible story, Lucifer's story. So Lucifer created as the bright morning star, the angel that had it all, the angel with the most He had the the best position, he had the most possessions, he had it all, and yet he wanted more. He wasn't happy with what God had given him, and so he decided to go and rebel against God. And not only him, he decided to convince a third of the angels of heaven to rebel against God as well. And so God said, that's not acceptable, he kicks him out of heaven, sends him down to the earth. So Satan's main goal every day on the planet is to destroy what God loves to destroy humanity. Every day, Satan launches an all-out attack against humans, an all-out horrific attack. Every day, if you keep your eyes open, you'll start seeing the attacks of the enemy every day in your world, in your life. And the crazy thing is, is that Satan actually tries to convince us to help him destroy ourselves. And sometimes we buy it. Sometimes we engage his invitation. Now, after creating the earth as a perfect place to live, God lovingly places Adam and Eve in this garden. Life was good. I mean, everything was great. The relationship with God was good. The relationship between Adam and Eve was good. And then Satan comes along again, and he starts tempting humans, just like he tempted the, uh, the angels. He starts tempting humans away from God's best plan for them. starts getting them to doubt God. God's holding out somehow on us in some way, and Adam and Eve take the bait. As a result of their decision, our relationship with God is broken. It's severed, and a curse of sin and death is cast upon the whole world that we live in. Our world as we know it is not as it once was. We live in this fallen, broken world. We live in this world that desperately needs to be saved, desperately needs to be fixed, desperately needs a hero to come in and save it. And so then we learned in the story that out of God's great love for humanity, God set out on this rescue mission. God himself set out on a plan to break this curse of sin and death that's on the world. So Jesus, our hero, God in human form draws his sword, charges the darkness, steps into humanity, the the, the thing that he created. He steps into his own creation and dies for us. And God knew that restoring humanity to himself would cost him everything. God knew it would cost him everything that he held dear. And yet, he was willing to allow his innocent son to die so that we could live. Incredible story. Incredible story about our heroes. So Jesus single-handedly takes on all the evil that Satan can throw at him. I mean, all the evil of the world. And you think about all the bad stuff that happens in the world. I mean, there are some horrific things that happen in the world. There are some things that, we, that shouldn't even enter our minds of what has happened as evil around the world. All of that was placed upon Jesus. From the moment time started until... God comes back and unfolds the story at the end. All of that evil is placed upon Jesus. He carries this incredible weight and dies. And then three days later, he breaks the curse. He draws his sword again and he rises from the dead. Breaks the curse of sin and death that is found on all of us. So we found that there's only one way to be restored to God. There's only one way to be put back in a right relationship with God as He wants us, and that's through believing that Jesus Christ is Lord. And we learned Romans 3.25, where it says, People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed His life, shedding His blood. And then Romans 10.9 says, if we confess with, our, with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So God's rescue mission, Jesus died so we could live. And then last week, about 25 of you stood to your feet proclaiming that you wanted to be restored to God or you wanted to be connected with God again in a, a deeper way. I mean, it was incredible to, to be up here and to to see you stand publicly proclaiming, I want to be restored to God. I want to find my role in this story. And those of you who did that, we want to help you in your journey. So if you go to our website, theepicchurch.com, and under resources, you'll find some things there that will help you move forward in your new relationship with God. Then last week, we went to the ocean and had a baptism. We baptized four people. We joined Palm Coast Community Church, and they were baptizing a group, and then we brought four from our church, and we baptized, and a lot of you came to celebrate that. It was incredible, and we survived the cold, windy day. The water was actually warmer than the air, and so it was fun to be in the water until you got out, and then it was kind of bad incredible day that we got to enjoy together. So if you were not able to be there with us, or if you were and want to kind of remember that, we brought a short video that demonstrated what our first baptism was all about. Watch this. So there it was, our baptism. So if you see anybody walking with a bucket around you, just be careful. It might be a sneak attack baptism. I'm always looking for ways to bring in movies like that. So uh, any chance I get, I'm going to bring a crazy movie like that. So obviously that was not our baptism. But we did take some pictures at our baptism, and we put it to um, a video uh, of a song called Rebirthing by a Christian group called Skillet. Now, if you're not familiar with that song, I just want to read a pre-chorus and a chorus to you just so you can be tracking with, with what you're hearing. I feel your presence filling up my lungs with oxygen. I take you in. I've died. Rebirthing now, I want to live for love. I want to live for you and me. Breathe. For the first time, now I come alive somehow. Rebirthing now, I want to live my life. I want to give you everything. So that's kind of the pre-chorus and the chorus as you watch this video. Watch this with me. There it is. Our first baptism video. That's what... That's what baptism symbolizes. It symbolizes we're dying to our old lives and we're being reborn in a new relationship with Christ. So um, dying to our old ways, being reborn to Jesus Christ and the life that he has for us. So um, thanks for celebrating that with us. Now I want to do just a real short audience participation kind of thing and just kind of look back over the past few weeks that we've been together and ask just a few questions of you. And I want you to answer, those of you who are courageous enough to do so, um, but I want to think back over the story, and I want to ask you some things that you've learned in this story so far. So my first question is, what have you been learning about God from the epic story? What have you been learning about God himself in this story? Is a caring God? Awesome. All-powerful? All powerful. Forgiving. Forgiving? Loves us? Loves us. Personal. Personal? What was that? merciful. Apparently I cannot read lips with the lights in my eyes. He wants us in the story. story. Great. Patient. Patient. You guys have been like paying attention. It's exciting. All right, another question. Um, What have you been learning about humans in the story? About us, people. We're selfish. We're sinful. We're messed up. Yes. Yes. Not perfect. We're not perfect. Anything else? Evil. There's, we're evil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've got the ability to engage evil, don't we? So trust, issues. trust issues. We have trust issues. Yes, we do. We doubt God, don't we? Somebody else said something else. Teachable, teachable that we are teachable. Made in the image of God. Wow, we are unique in that. Nobody, no other creation has that stamp, but we do. What else? All right, I'll move on. What are you learning about yourself from the story? Can be, forgiven. can be forgiven? Yes, we all can be forgiven. We have hope. We have hope. Yes, we do. Incredible hope in our hero. I need to change. I need change. We, all have callings. we all have callings. Awesome. We do. We all, we all have faith. That is great. We all can have faith. That's awesome. What else are you learning about yourself? We can get closer to God. We can get closer to God. Yep. We, all play, a very role. we play an important role. Awesome. Great job, you guys. Um, how are you seeing life differently as a result of the story? Is the world looking different? And if it is, how? There are, there are choices to make. Clearer choices? Changing our, Changing our priorities? Yeah, I'll tell you, for me, you know, the, we we're doing the Adam and Eve and the Garden of Eden. you got the two trees, the tree of life and the tree of death. I see those trees all the time. Every day I see those two trees. I have the ability to choose from the tree of life God's plan or choose from the tree of death my plan every day. And I'm trying to learn to pick from the tree of life all the time. And I don't always. But I want two more. Anybody else? More receptive to our surroundings? Okay, awesome. Now, how has your life changed... Or, how is it changing as a result of the story? Wow! Way to go! That's awesome. I was looking for that. <laughs> Thank you. That's awesome. That's a transformation. Hey, that's cool! You even got rewarded for it. Wow, that's cool. You even got a bigger reward in heaven for that. That's cool. Anybody else? How's your life changing? I'm more patient. My more patient. Working on my road rage. Road rage. Yes, the greatest mission field ever. When you are driving, just to be polite to other drivers. What was that? Your heart is healing. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's great. Somebody sees a bigger picture now? Awesome. There is a bigger picture. There's a bigger story. No matter what's going on in your world, even if you don't understand it, there's something bigger going on. And it probably fits in that story that God is unfolding all around us. The story of God is about restoration, and it's about transformation. It's about God restoring us back to a right relationship with Him, but it's about God transforming us from the people that we are, the people that we have become, into the people that He designed us to be. God wants us back. He desires us to be restored to him. Now, we brought another video today we want you to watch. It's about an eight-minute video. It's talking about a guy who has been radically transformed by Jesus. Anybody familiar with the music group called Corn? A few of you, okay. Brian Welch is the, the story that's going to be told in this clip, and I want you to watch this with me. So in my
1: head, I was like, okay, I'm going to accept Christ in front of everybody right now. Then I'm going to go home and snort drugs until I don't want to do them anymore. And that was my way of thinking. So I received Christ at the church. I went home, neglected my daughter, and put her in front of the TV. I remember I grabbed a $100 bill. I always used a $100 bill for some reason, pride or something. I chopped up my crystal meth, got it all smooth and powdery and I snorted a big ol' line and I held the bill and I looked up and I said, Jesus, if you're real like that pastor said, then you gotta take these drugs from me. Come into my life, come into my heart. And I just got quiet. I said, search me right now, search my heart. And I stayed silent and I said, you know I wanna quit. You know I wanna be a good dad for this kid. She lost her mother to drugs. And she's going to lose me if I don't quit. Amen. There's a high when you go on stage and you see all these people like just loving your music and loving you and stuff. And there's these girls and all these people going, worshiping me. When you see all those people just going nuts for you, it's like, you know, it, it puffs you up inside. You're like, you know. I'm important. That's where drugs can creep in and, you know, cocaine or whatever, methamphetamines crept in. and It all came from after drinking for me and, and my friends. And uh, it seems like fun in the beginning. It's alive because it, it, it turns around on you. It starts to wear on your personality. It starts to wear on your relationships. And everything is affected by it negatively, everything. was a, a few times where life seemed good. My daughter Janaya, she came into the world and I was like, it was just such a, a euphoric feeling. I thought my life could just feel like that forever, you know. It was like a it was spiritual, just I didn't know what was happening. I just felt so much love, just fill my emotions. And I thought I was going to be happy, but uh, I just couldn't, I couldn't stay sober, I didn't know how. I hit rock bottom, I had swore that I would never do methamphetamines again because I saw what it did to my child's mother, it it just took her feelings away and made her leave her kid. I just wanted her dead, I wanted to kill her, I I thought she was a scum of the earth and uh, you know how could she do drugs like that and let it let the drugs win her like that so i never was going to do meth again i ended up with a everyday crippling addiction to methamphetamine and everything that i said about my ex-wife came true for me i sunk to the lowest gutter i could ever think of. i would spend time with my kid and i would still be on it cuz i needed it to function i'd get up in the morning have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and snort meth and then take her to school or whatever. It was just, I it was a junkie. I started losing my mind. This guy would show up at my house with, like, a gun and stuff. And then I ran out in Europe, had my drug dealer crazy. send me drugs through through the and mail. I'd be tweaked out in my hotel room, watching this package come from the U.S. It's just nuts. My life just was, like, spinning out of control. And Jenea had come out a, on one of the tours in the U.S. I which just remember meet. her skipping around the house, She's singing one of our corn songs called Adidas. All day I Dream about sex. And I'm like going, what am I doing? I'm a junkie. My daughter's singing all day I dream about sex. And, uh, I'm going to die. Father? My, uh, real estate broker, Eric, he, uh, he said, Brian, I don't mean to be weird with you. I hope you don't take this the wrong way, but I, f- I felt the scripture like jump out at me. I've never done this before, you know, so I don't really know how to do this, but I felt like this would mean something to you. It's Matthew 11:28. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. I remember all tweaked out. I looked up in the dictionary, wary. I looked up burdened, and I just I pulled the scripture apart, and I was like, "Oh, I'm, I'm wary and burdened, and I need rest for my soul." And uh, I didn't know if it was real, but you know, they invited me to church a couple couple weeks later, and i had received Christ at the church. I went home, neglected my daughter, got it all smooth and powdery. Jesus, you got to take these drugs from me. Search me right now. Search my heart father i felt so much fatherly love from from heaven and it was like i don't condemn you i love you i love you it was just love love and instantly that love from god came into me it was so powerful that the next day i threw away all my drugs and uh I quit corn, I was like, I'm quitting corn, and I'm going to raise my kid, because my kid, like, I got the love from God coming to me, and then it came out of me to my kid, it changed me, my heart was changed like that, and I was like, Janaya, Daddy's going to be home with you all the time, I'm quitting my career, and her face lit up, and she's like, for me, you know, she felt so special, and uh, God used her to save me, to save her life later on, My dream came true way more than I dreamt about. I, got, I made more money. I played bigger shows. I mean, houses, cars. I tried drugs, I tried sex, I tried everything to try to get pleasure out of this life. And I thought that I could fulfill my life with all this stuff by, by having my dream come true. And it came true, but it didn't fulfill it. When Christ came in, That feeling, he gives you the gift of understanding life, which is everything was created for Christ and by him, and we're created to be with him. And it's the most incredible feeling because you're where you belong, and contentment is given to you in life because you don't have to look anywhere else and you're exactly where you need to be and the question about life is answered i'm brian head welts and i am second
0: a pretty incredible story of transformation you know god wants that for all of us he wants us all back he wants us all restored. No matter how far away we've gotten from him, God wants us back in a right relationship with him. He wants the whole world back. And he sent Jesus to save the whole world, not just a few, not just those who go to church on Sunday, but everybody. You will never cross someone that God didn't die for. You'll never meet someone on the planet Earth that Jesus didn't give his life for. God wants everyone back. He wants it back to those days in the garden when it was perfect. Perfect relationship between us and him. And so every day his mission is to restore people. He has a mission of restoration every day. And each one of us, we've got to get to that point that we get to the end of ourselves. We go, you know what, okay, I'm done. I'm tired of doing it my way. God, I'm going to start doing it your way. We've got to get to the end of ourselves so we can get to the beginning of God. And then once we are restored to God, He then invites us to join him in restoring other people to God. 1 Timothy chapter 4, that's where I had you turn earlier. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12. This letter is written by a guy by the name of Paul, and he's writing a letter of encouragement to Timothy, a younger guy that he is mentoring. And so in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12, Paul says to Timothy, Don't let anyone think less of you because you are young. Be an example to all believers in what you say, in the way you live, in your love, your faith, and your purity. Now to get a fuller picture of what is going on here, what Paul is saying, it's often helpful to look at the deeper meanings of the original context of what's been translated here. So this original letter was written in the Greek language. And when Paul said to Timothy, be an example, the Greek word that he chose to use was tupas. So Tupas carries with it this connotation that is really kind of neat. It carries this connotation of hitting something hard enough to leave a mark. Now think about that for a little bit about your life. So hitting something hard enough that it leaves a mark there, a permanent mark. And so Paul tells Timothy, I want you to live your life in such a powerful, positive way for God before the world that it leaves a mark on the world. Your life should leave a mark. People should be able to look at the the landscape around your life when you're gone and go, this person has been here. They've left their mark. And we have a decision to make about this story that we're in, about the mark that we're going to leave, about the part that we're going to play in this story that we're invited into. Will we join Jesus and be recorded as heroes? Or will we join Satan and be recorded as villains? Will we remember every day that our world is at war, that there's an incredible evil in this world, and we are asked to step in and bring justice to where justice needs to be brought. We're asked to step in and to stand up for those who can't stand up for themselves. We are asked to speak for those who cannot speak for themselves. We are asked to love people that aren't lovely. We're asked to reach out to people who no one else is reaching out to. We're asked to live a different life. We're asked to tell people about how they can be restored to God through Jesus Christ. You know, What will you do with the remaining, remaining days that you have on this planet? Whether you're given two more days, 20 more years, 40 more years, what will you do with what's left of what you have? Will it be time spent on yourself, accumulating more stuff that you can't take with you? Or will it be time spent investing In stuff that will last forever. The Bible teaches that every day there is an author in heaven recording the story of your life. Every day this author sits in heaven. He doesn't write the story for you. He just records what you do. And so he purchased himself with his pen and his paper and he watches what you do. So when life throws a curveball at you and however you respond, that's what he writes. What you did. How you respond whether you turn to God or whether you turn to uh, destructive ways to cope with what is happening in your world, whether you choose life, whether you choose death. You know, when we make mistakes, whether we take full responsibility for it, that's recorded in your story. Whether you start blaming other people, that's recorded in your story. Whatever you do, it's just recorded. And one day, your story is going to be read before the universe. One day, the book of your story is going to be opened. Everybody's going to sit and listen to the author read your story. Will you want to be there to listen to it in that moment? You know, I'm a little bit nervous about that, to be honest with you. You know, that moment when everybody reads the story of Trent. It's going to be kind of a boring story. There are moments that I've chosen poorly. There are moments that I've done things that I shouldn't do. And I don't want you guys to know that stuff. But one day it'll be read. But that's not the big deal. The big deal isn't about what's read in that story per se. Because all great story, in all great stories, what matters most is not how they begin, but how they end. So how will your story end? What will be the end of your story? Now, you may have messed up your story so far. You may have said, you know what? I've kind of messed it up to this point. I wish I could start over. And you can with a new chapter You can start a brand new chapter and you can rewrite the ending because it's up to you to see what's written in your story. You may not be able to predict what's going to happen in your world, but you can predict what you're going to do with it, how you're going to respond to all that. So how will your story end? What mark will you leave? Now I'm going to ask Luke to come back up and he's going to guide us in our final uh, worship song This morning, but around you, you should find a pen and you should find a little card that looks like this. And what I want you to do while Luke is playing this morning is I want you to reflect on the part that you're going to play in this story. I want you to reflect on some of the questions that are on this card. You know, what part will you play? What story will you write with your life? What do you want said about you at the end of your story? And while Luke's playing and while you're singing this song, you can go ahead and flip it over. And if you're ready, you can start writing some of the answers on the back of the card. Luke. Listen to another verse out of uh, 2 Timothy, where Paul is writing again to Timothy in 2 Timothy 4, starting in verse 5. This is kind of Paul's final challenge to Timothy. And it's something that I want said about my life. If I were to write out kind of what I want said at the end of my story, this is what it would be. But you should keep a clear mind in every situation. Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Work at telling others the good news and fully carry out the mission, the ministry that God has given you. As for me, my life has already been poured out as an offering to God. The time of my death is near. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, and I have remained faithful. And now the prize awaits me, the crown of righteousness with which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. And the prize is not just for me, but for all who eagerly look forward to his appearing. To all who eagerly look forward to Christ's return, there is a reward waiting for all of us. What do you want said at the end of your story? What are you going to write with the story of your life? May you play your part well. Let's pray together. God, I thank you for the pen that you've given all of us. Each one of us, the moment we're born, you like hand us a pen and a piece of paper. You say, write a story. Write an incredible story that weaves into your bigger story. Lord, it's still amazing to me that you, the creator of the universe, invite us into your story. You invite us into that Trinity relationship so that we can know you and be restored to you. Lord, that we can go around and restore people around us to a right relationship with you. We have that privilege, Lord, of living lives before people that caused them not to look at us, but caused them to look at you. We have the model of Jesus before us. Jesus, you came to the earth and you died so that we could live. And so, Lord, you ask us to go and live our lives in such a way that other people can be restored to you. So, Lord, our challenge today is that we will live every moment that we're given for you. We will choose life that we will write an incredible story with the time that we have left. May we play our part well in your story. In Jesus' name, amen.